guess what happens on March 4th? It's the 20th anniversary of March 4th. Actually, every March 4th is an anniversary of every other March 4th. But this March 4th is the 20th anniversary of March 4th, the band. That's a Saturday, and there will be a lot of fun at the Crystal Ballroom that day and night. One of the founders, who is also one of two remaining members of the original band, John Averill, is here in the Artichoke Cafe with me. We'll find out how they've managed to keep going despite the breakers of the road and band buses that tend to break down. He's on his way to the recording studio where March 4th is making an EP. At the end, the classic Space Hole from their fifth anniversary album. Welcome back, John Averill. John Averill, it's been a long time. <laughs> it has been. Everything, but, it, but the existence of March 4th is even longer. Can you believe it's been 20 years? I can't really. I mean, I can, and at the same time, it's just been a complete blur. And still is? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it hasn't been moving as fast uh, since, uh, you know, the pandemic. Just yeah. Everything kind of slowed down. And, yeah. You know, we've done some touring since then, but uh, not as much as we were doing before. Huh. It hasn't come back as, as strong? It's coming back, but the problem is everybody is trying to get out there on the road. Yeah. So, you know, even prior to the pandemic, the... Uh, you know, if you want to think about music as a competition, which I don't like to think right. of it in that way, but when you get out there and you tour and you go to cities, there you refer to them as markets. You know, and yes, and it was already pretty congested. You know, certain times of the year are uh -huh. challenging to tour. You know, the fall is a very popular time to tour, and yeah. Um, yeah. you know, <clears throat> according to our agent, it's just bonkers right now. It's you know, really, it's, yeah, just because everybody's just trying to get back out there and play live. You know, huh. Huh. so there's a lot. You know, there. Oh, there already was a lot of competition with, you know, just getting people to come to your show with the amount of bands coming through a given town, you know. Wow. It's just the economics of it all, you know. If your six favorite bands happen to show up in your town in the same month, you know, the average person can't afford to go see all six of them, so they have to pick and choose. So it's, you yeah. know. And we've had some things recently. Uh, we had a tour that we had booked for this June, and we just found out we lost a couple dates because uh, AEG, which is one of the big, you know, conglomerates, yeah, you know, kind of basically strong-armed the promoter to, <sighs> you know, put one of their headliners in instead. So there's, that kind of stuff goes on as well. You know, so for an independent band, it's, you know, it's challenging, but we're Jeez. just grateful to have gigs. So is there anybody left in the, in the original band besides you? Uh, one person, Who? uh, Jenny, uh, ah. our percussion conga player. Yeah. Um, yeah, she, she and I are the last, <laughs> yeah, we've had, you know, we started making a list last summer. Uh -huh. I had, a uh, Taylor, our original, uh, Barry Saxon guitar player. He's, he came out and has been doing some gigs with us uh -huh. over the last couple of years. And we just started making a list of everyone who's been in the band and we realized <laughs> we've had over 200 musicians come through this project. <laughs> and if you include all the performers and, you know, drivers and crew, we've definitely had over 300, wow. easily over 300 people wow. in this project at some point Jeez. or other. Even if it's just, you know, one gig, it's, uh -huh. you know. And how many buses? Uh, we're on bus number four. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> That's our MO. We, we buy used buses and we drive uh -huh. them as long as we can and, 
dump money into them until <laughs> it gets to be the point where you decide whether it's worth it to continue pouring money into a used bus or buy another used bus for slightly <laughs> more money and then pour money into that one. And it's just, <laughs> I think the best bus we ever had was our first bus, which we got for $10,000. I was on that bus. Yeah. Yeah. It cost, we, that was $10,000 we paid for that bus on eBay. It was a 1984. Jeez. And we put 350,000 miles on it. That was, it was a champ. Wow. Um, and uh, I think our, <laughs> the bus we have now is probably the second best bus, but... <laughs> That one was about $55,000, and we've put another 60 or 70 into it since we got it in 2019. <laughs> yeah, live and die by the bus, you know. It's, wow. it's how we do it. It's like, you know. Do you know how to fix them? Uh, me personally, no, yeah. but oh. we have a, we've had a couple band members who have been uh, oh. mechanically inclined, and <laughs> we've, we've, we've fixed the bus ourselves a couple times, you know, at least limp us to the next place and then goes <laughs> into the shop. I'm yeah, it's amazing. I mean, we've only missed, I think, four or five gigs in 20 years. Wow. Um, which is pretty astounding, but we've had to abandon ship more times than I can count, you know. What do you mean, abandon ship? Well, the bus just doesn't go, <laughs> and we have to... Uh, what do you do in a case like that? Uh, well, you, you know, it used to be Dan. My buddy Dan was the tour manager, and I did the uh -huh. tour managing as well, but yeah. whenever we got in that crisis mode we would just kind of, we had this unspoken, uh, you know, MO that would, he would take care of the present bus and I would take care of how we were getting to the next gig. <laughs> so, um, you know, he'll start calling the mechanics, mobile mechanics, tow trucks, whatever needs to, you know, happen with, to get our bus, you know, to the shop or wherever it needs to go. And then I look at rental vans and box trucks. <laughs> and so we have to rent, uh, two passenger vans and uh, a box truck for all the gear. Oh my God! And then we split up, and then that's when the money just starts going down the tubes because yeah. you know yeah. there's the cost of the rental, you know, gas for three vehicles, um, and then we don't have a place to sleep, so then we have to get you know cheap hotels, and then you know we don't have a kitchen, so then we have to you know you know eat out, and that's just we can't really afford to tour that way, so we we've limped home and barely broke even many times and sometimes come out in the red and you know all, cause, cause, cause all our, this to play music yeah yeah i mean our bus because there's like 20 people on the bus uh -huh. um because it's you know 12 13 piece band plus three performers plus you know driver <laughs> merch lights sound um you know it, a lot of bands think that you know getting to the bus stage of the reality is you know they're making it you know we got a bus now and yeah. for us it's it's yeah. not that it's just it's it's economically it's the only way we can afford to tour because yeah. it's just because uh, we sleep on the bus we yeah. eat on the bus yeah. you know um the interior of our bus is actually the interior from bus number two <laughs> so every time our bus dies we we just gut it and then reinstall the interior so you know the tables break down into bunks you know for sleeping and <laughs> Jeez. you know it's it's just the way of life did you ever think you'd end up doing this all all this time <laughs> I don't know. I have a strange relationship with linear time. <laughs> I really do. I just... What do you I, mean? I... It's not that I don't believe in it because everybody's getting older. I'm aging. So I see the yes. effects of linear time. But okay. I just had this weird headspace of just being just kind of infinite in some strange way to where it's, you know, it's very strange to be 
20 years later. It's like, really 20 years? You know, like what happened? You know, <laughs> I, I didn't really know I'd be here. I always wanted more success for the band. Um, you know, financially, I always yeah. wanted this thing to be, you know, financially sustainable for everybody, but, um, you know, that hasn't been the case, you know, we're still, you know, eking along and, um, but the strange thing is I've got maybe the best band and crew I've ever had really after all these years. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a, in terms of a complete team effort, uh-huh. um, you know, we started off as a party, you know, it was an accident. Oh, I remember. Yeah. You remember those <laughs> days, you know, so it was just kind of wild and, you know, right out of the gate, we got pretty popular in Portland. So we were playing all the local things yeah. and then, yeah. you know, that was 2003 and then, uh, 2007 is when we bought our first bus and started getting, you know, ambitions to tour because uh-huh. you can't just stick around in your hometown forever. Right. Um, so, and then we got a booking agent in 2010 and that's when the, the turnover of personnel really right. rapidly increased, you know? Right. And so my job was just to field a team slash uh-huh. a band on stage and yeah. then our agent's job was to book us the shows and the tours and, um, but, you know, it's interesting. I used to do interviews in the past where people say, well, how do y'all get along on that bus? You know, 20 people. I mean, <laughs> is there drama? And, all that? and I always used to say, you know, like, well, you know, if you have a couple bad apples, there's, that's just two or three out of, or one, you know, out of 20. So there's this diffusion <laughs> that happens, you know, where <laughs> if someone's having a hard time, there's, like, there's other people to diffuse it. You know, yes. you're not stuck. If you have four people in a band and they're stuck in a van and two people are pissed off at each other, that creates a lot of tension. You know, yes. There's no release. You can't walk around the bus. You can't go talk to other people and you can't have other <laughs> people you know, help you work through the issues. Um, but what I've learned over all these years, just recently, um, last few years, especially since the pandemic, the band that came back after the pandemic, um, uh, every person counts is what I would say now. Uh-huh. So when you have zero when I say bad apples, I don't really mean bad apples. I just mean, you know, problematic personalities. Yes. Um, when you have no problematic personalities, it's amazing. <laughs> I, know, I just thought we could always put up with, you know, you know, it's like walking with a rock in your shoe. You right. Know, when you remove the rock, wait, it could actually, this actually feels great when there's no <laughs> problems. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a great team effort, and everybody... I think, you know, there's a few people that came into the band about 10 years ago, which really started to slowly change the culture yes. from like just, hey, we're just partying, whatever, to like, uh-huh. hey, let's no, let's be disciplined about this and people have to learn their parts, you know, uh-huh. and uh-huh. be responsible. Because we had some people early in the band that just were kind of tagging along. Yeah. And when the band started to get more serious and, you know, they didn't have the same work ethic as what was developing within the band. Uh-huh. And so, uh-huh. so the new people that have come along over the last, you know, eight, eight years or so, have been sort of indoctrinated into kind of like, oh, this is what you do. I mean, we when the bus stops at the venue, we all load out. We all load in uh-huh. the venue. We all set up, you know, and if there are songs, they say, hey, we're going to run this song at Soundcheck. I don't have to harass people to be prepared. Yeah. You know, I've got other yeah. people in the band that are, you know, I've got a, a, a horn leader in the band who uh-huh. is great. He's kind of like running the rehearsals in certain ways and so this uh-huh. you know we'll get to a venue and the horns will be having a sectional and the drums will be working stuff out and back in the day it was you know some people would just sleep on the bus until it was time to get off and play <laughs> the gig you know and so having that sort of team spirit uh-huh. it's kind of like it's come full circle in a way because the band started off with this real fun kind of you know 
wild family sort of vibe. Yeah. And then it became kind of mercenary where we just had a lot of people coming through because of all the touring. Mm-hmm. And now we've kind of returned to the beginning in a way that there's there's this great camaraderie. You know, uh-huh. It kind of feels fun the way the original band was a lot of fun. Ah. But everybody is much more professional. A lot of these cats that are playing are like, you know, and they're, they're in their 20s. And they, they, huh. they got into March 4th when they were kids or, you know, teenagers. Yeah. And they yeah. went to jazz school. And they never thought yeah. they dreamed to actually have a job after they... <laughs> got their degree in music you know yeah. and so it's been really cool but the the downside of that is that uh only maybe a third of the band lives in portland ah. so you know i've got three people that live in new orleans Whoa. i've got four that live in washington um we've had some members from california but right now it's mostly washington you know seattle bellingham that area and then uh mm-hmm. portland and then new orleans so so we don't have the luxury of just getting together anytime we want and working on music. It has yeah. to be scheduled. Yeah. I have to figure out if we're doing new material, I have to figure that, that out way in advance. And then people will fly into town a couple of days before a tour and then we'll just rehearse it. And then we'll mm-hmm. rehearse stuff at soundcheck on the tour and, and, uh, or on the road. And mm-hmm. yeah. So, but is, it, but is it still fun? It's still fun. I mean, yeah. I, I, I appreciate the, the quality of the music that we're making right now and everybody's on point. There's no, there's no dead weight. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my bass drummer, who's sort of the anchor for mm-hmm. me, he lives in new Orleans and, but ah. I just don't, I'm spoiled. You know, I don't really want to play with anybody else yeah. at this point, you know, but sometimes if we get a, a local private sort of one off where they want to hire us to come and do 10 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, I do have some, uh, previous members who'd still live in town that can put together, you know, a, a band yeah. to do like a 15, 20 minute set, but yeah, yeah. not the show that we're putting on right now. Right. Um, just the feel is, I just like where it's at musically. Uh-huh. And we have like, you know, a great trumpet section. Um, yeah, everything's been going really well, just like creatively in terms of within the band. It's just our biggest obstacle is just money, you know? Well, of course. what else is new yeah (laughs) yeah i keep waiting for like some patron to fall out of the sky and be like hey you know here's a million bucks get yourself a new bus and you know put make videos all these things that you could do with money you know um so but you're not you don't plan to stop anytime soon no i definitely had so it was a few years ago i started to think of this band in terms of the lifespan of a human being yes you know and so when we were about to have our 18th anniversary i thought okay we're we're gonna graduate from high school now you know and so i felt like but that also coincided with the pandemic hitting you know and the next year when you're 21 you can drink right we're almost there we're almost there (laughs) like i was telling you (laughs) we all got fake ids in elementary school so that part's already covered we used to think we were a a drinking band with a marching problem but it's it's not really the case anymore but you know the thought that i had was that you know after uh i wasn't sure i i mean honestly before the pandemic i was completely burned out and so i was one of those few people that actually maybe benefited from everything's stopping yeah um i've talked to people other musicians who have said the same thing yeah i just needed a break yeah i was burned out on the constantly changing personnel i was burned out on you know touring and the bus breakdowns and just the whole grind of it all just kind of wanted to push pause so the big pause button got pushed Uh and uh i sort of thought well when we come back 
if the band, you know, if we're, if we're, you know, metaphorically graduating from high school, <laughs> then if the band had ambitions to go to college, then I would continue. <laughs> if the band just wanted to live at home and work at the gas station down the street, then I don't think I would be as interested. But yeah. the band that came back after COVID has just been really on point and um, just great camaraderie and uh-huh. uh, a heightened sense of professionalism about yeah. people really care about the notes they're playing. You know, it's not just a party on stage. So where's your 20th anniversary show? Well, it'll be at Crystal Ballroom again. What a shock. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the capacity is, you know, there's only two venues in town with that capacity. And right. The Crystal and the Roseland. Yeah. Um, we just always play the Crystal. Um, but I've recently heard about a couple of new venues. There's a warehouse in North Portland that I want to check out that I think has a 2,000 wow. capacity. Uh-huh. And What's lot, that called? I think it's just called the North Warehouse or oh, something. Uh-huh. Um you know, the restrictions of the Crystal Ballroom are that if you want to capture stuff video, mm-hmm. um, you can't have a crane on the on the floor, oh. you know, for any of those really cool swooping shots you yeah, see yeah. you see professional videos yeah. because the floor bounces. Right. And then you can't have a drone in there because people are doing a lot of stuff with drones now where they right. used to rent cranes. You can do yeah. everything with the drone. You can't have a drone in there because they have this $20,000 chandelier in the middle yes. of the room and they've got liability yes. issues with that. So. Right. It's limited. Um, yeah. We'll see about next year, but yeah, we're sticking with the crystal for now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I remember the first time I saw you guys, there was a club, like sort of across the street from Dante's, down the street a little bit. Yeah. Was that, I, I, that might have been your first year. I, I think it was. Oh, was it that yeah. place, Barracuda? Yes, yes, Barracuda. Yeah. Yeah, it was a very strange it wasn't. It wasn't like a. It wasn't a March Fourth kind of place. No, it was. It was like a Duran Duran kind of place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Durang Durang. I don't know. Yeah, it had a. It had a different kind of vibe. Yeah, I'll the, say. The guys who owned that also owned, as I recall, the the Gypsy. Uh huh. And they owned a few other. Yeah. Bars and yeah clubs around town, yeah. but. Yeah, but in those days we were just taking all the gigs we could get. Sure. You know, and it was pretty much all local yeah um yeah barracuda wow <laughs> so on march 4th at the crystal yeah we're doing two shows yeah we're doing a all ages matinee as you always do yep and then um evening show and yeah wow so you know the the, the if you're 20 years old and you've been doing all ages shows for all this time those kids have grown up, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like maybe maybe there'll be a new batch of of families and, yes. and kids, or maybe some little kids are now <laughs> in college. <laughs> I don't know. That's great. What a what a legacy. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Sure. I guess sure. I'm just I'm just too in it to think about things like, you know, an outward. Uh, perspective on it or legacy aspects of it you know it's just i just wonder what it leave it to the journalists right right exactly <laughs> exactly we have a pers- different perspective yeah and it's funny because let the look like you remember you remember us from back in the day and that's why i'm here and yeah. there's a a writer for the tribune that stays in touch as well but like we've never had really any 
connections with you know the Oregonian or yeah. the Willamette Week or the Mercury, yeah. and yeah. I don't even think those those publications even know who we are. Yeah. You know, Portland's changed so much. Yes, we became an export right when the flood of people started moving to Portland. Yep. So we play yep. Portland for the last 10 years. We've only been playing Portland like one time a year, Crystal wow. Ballroom, or maybe yeah. another time if it works out, maybe one to huh. two times a year. Huh. So huh. we've sort of lost, uh, lost touch with the city of Portland, I think yeah. in some respects. I, I know we've talked about this before, but I never get tired of bringing it up because it was one of the great moments in, oh. in, in Portland music when you were, you, we followed you guys down Alberta Street. You were playing, marched down, all the way to the end, and then um, almost got into a fist fight with a guy. Who you came, did, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some some asshole photographer was was blocking our shot, right? Oh, so we got all pissed. And then you went down to the Armory, which was gutted, and and you played there. Yeah, we hopped in the fire truck and cruised yeah. to the Armory. Yeah, but then afterwards. The Lions of Batucada were going to be playing the Crystal. And so you guys marched up Burnside to where that gay bar was, just on the, on the, on the edge of, of, of the Crystal. Right. And you guys were going west, and right around the corner, here comes the Lions all, uh, wailing. And you guys met on the, you know, on the sidewalk and yeah. all marched in together. Yeah. That was a while ago. That was, was that great. was the original band. That was yes, like 15 it was a, years ago. It was or so. an amazing moment. It was a great moment. It really was a great moment. I'll never forget it. Um, yeah, back when the Lions were happening, and yeah, yeah, yeah it's funny because uh, I was just talking to one of our newer drummers, you know, about the the whole rhythm section. You know, uh -huh. basically, you know, even though we've you know dropped the, the marching band from our name, yeah, you know, it's still there, right? Um, uh, but when I put the band together, I didn't have any like drum corps people in the band. You know, <laughs> I basically just, well, poach is a strong word, yes. but I basically <laughs> asked a bunch of folks that were playing with the Lions uh -huh. or, or members who had, had been playing with the Lions yeah. who had kind of ready for something new. Was Derek one of those guys? He wasn't, but he, uh, okay. and we talked about him the last time, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, we had, we did this podcast and it was like six years ago or so. Something like um, that. But you know, Andy Sterling was the leader. Yes. Um, so basically, you know, when I put the band together, it was for that first party. I just needed people that understood ensemble playing and knew uh -huh. how to play together versus like asking, you know, six kit drum players to yes. get together and figure <laughs> out who was going to play what. Um, and then recently, just this last summer, we got a new drummer that has drum corps experience. Ah. And I was actually trying to find somebody, and he's actually somebody who reached out while he was in college. Like, hey, if you ever need a drummer... You know, and turns out we did. So we looked him up, got a hold of him. He came out and played, and he's got all those crazy drum core chops. You know, oh. the, the all that wild sticking and stuff. You know, yeah, which we've yeah. never had. We've never been like a yeah. serious marching band or drum core or anything like right. that. Right. Um, and then he hipped us to this other guy. So we've, now we've got two of them. Wow. And we just did this New Year's show, and they were sitting with their bass drum player, and they were showing him a bunch of crazy sticking and stuff. And <laughs> um, I just thought, wow, after 20 years, <laughs> there's... <laughs> finally. Uh, finally. And it was never a goal. Right. You know, I didn't come yeah. from a marching band background. I didn't right. really care one way or the other about, like, drum corps. But I appreciate it, and I've grown to... You know, I've learned a lot about it uh -huh. since then. Uh -huh. um, 
you know, these competitions they do and it's, but it's yeah. a totally different beast. They, the, the drums they play are different. The type of heads they play are different. Huh. You know, they're, they're loud and tight heads and, yeah. you know, we're basically kind of replicating, we're kind of a rock band right. with funky jazz and other influences in there. But yeah, just, but I thought it was just funny after all these years, you yeah. know, like we've got some yeah. drum court guys in the band yeah. and. So you so. told me you're working on an EP? Yeah. So about five years ago, uh, we went in the studio. Mm-hmm. We had, uh, we were gifted some money, um, and so the person just said, "Hey, I want this to go to something that's really going to forward the the band's career." And I thought, mm-hmm. well, the best thing we could probably do is uh, records a new album. So myself and uh, two other members of the band who write, uh, we got together and I said, "Hey, let's let's make a record and let's not." It doesn't have to sound like anything that that you think March Fourth has sounded like. Before. Really? Let's, yes. Let's write for radio. And ah. so let's go for vocals. Just use the instrumentation that we have. We yeah. have a massive horn section. We got a yeah. lot of percussion. We got bass. We got t- guitar. Uh-huh. Um, so we laid the foundation down for, I don't know, 16, 17 tunes. Wow. And instead of finishing a handful of those, we just kept adding, you know, kept just kind of building on, um, you know, laid the foundation, like get the, got the drums and the bass and, the, uh-huh. and then started adding the other stuff. Yeah. Um, and then right after we started that, that's when bus number three died. Oh. So we had to like drain our, completely drain our bank account to to get bus number four. Yeah. And then limp through 2019. Oh, jeez. And then. Boom. Boom. Yeah. So, and then so it's just been sitting there. So in 2021 i started going back in the studio and just kind of chipping away a session here at a time mm-hmm. uh, did the same uh, in 2022 and then for the start of this year i'm in there every monday and tuesday uh mm-hmm. for january and february so what we, we've decided to do is we're mixing down seven of the songs that are pretty much done they're mm-hmm. different stages of completion there's, yeah. there's a f- some songs that still need vocals and they still need you know some other tracks put on them but we're going to release seven tunes as like a CD yeah. and digital, uh, you know, just an EP, just mm-hmm. just something for our fans, something right. we can sell at the merch table. Right. And then at the end of the year, we're going to release all of the material um, ah. as like a double vinyl. Uh-huh. So, and these are songs that that, that, that that the band's written or you've written? or um, Yeah, they're all original. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, Paul Chandler and Anthony Mead are uh-huh. a trumpet player and a trombone player, respectively. They... They wrote a bunch, and then I wrote like four or five. So between the three oh. of us, we wrote we wrote all the stuff on the album. Nice. And there was some really the first. Well, there was some collaborations on this record, which we've never had in the past. We've in the past basically we would go into the studio and just play whatever we've been playing for a few years. Yeah, you know, as a group, yeah. tight. So we would just yeah. go. And we'd have eleven days in the studio. We'd right. record eleven songs. We just bang it all out because the, the band was well rehearsed. Yeah, and playing. For this project, we actually did it sort of like we made a record like the old-fashioned make a record way where you come in with an idea. Uh-huh. So we were writing and recording in the studio simultaneously. That's exciting. We'd be tracking one thing over here while somebody was working on a part for yeah. a song over in this room. And, yeah. And we, at this, I mean, if it wasn't for Hallowed Halls, the studio, we, mm-hmm. this wouldn't have been possible. Do you, are you familiar with that sure. place? Yeah. Sure. So Justin Phelps, mm-hmm. um, he runs Hallowed Halls right down the street. He was the engineer on the record, uh, the Magnificent Beast record that we recorded that Steve Berlin produced mm-hmm. in uh, 2011. So yeah. that was down at uh, SoundCloud or 
Not super digital. It was down yeah. kind of by Slab Town down there right, in the Northwest. Right, yeah. Anyway, Justin was the engineer on that and then on that album and then he started Howard Halls a few yeah. years ago. Yeah. So that's sort of been our recording home base. Mm-hmm. And um mm-hmm. have you been inside there? I have not. It's great. They I, have a I giant heard, main I've heard room, about it. Yeah. And then they've got, yeah. you know, Studio A is a huge, you know, yeah. console. And then they've got Studio B where you can do a lot of individual tracking and mm-hmm. um yeah, it's just a great spot. So when do you think you're gonna release that? Well hopefully, like I said, by the end of the year we'll have Okay. because uh, we have enough songs to put out two records yeah so nice so we'll release double vinyl i mean vinyl is the i think it's the largest selling format that's non-digital non-online people are really there's been a resurgence of vinyl which is great oh yeah i I grew up with vinyl and it's still my favorite i've got about i've got about three thousand yeah i can imagine i can imagine (laughs) and we've put other our other records out on vinyl but Mm -hmm. um as of three months ago the the waiting time to get a record done was about a year oh, like if you turned in your artwork and the music like yeah. here it's done 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 you had to wait a year but apparently yeah. one of the some of the uh vinyl manufacturers a couple of them uh-huh. are starting upping their production uh-huh. so now i think the wait is about six months so well, that's better yeah they're just kind of putting out all the backlog of people who've had records wow. sitting there waiting to get pressed you know yeah yeah huh. well geez yeah <laughs> But you go, you you. But yet he persisted. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. Not knowing any better, he kept doing it. No, I'm in the I'm in the I'm in the same boat. You know, yeah. there's no reason why um, Oregon Music News is still alive. It's because you're still doing it. But it is. Yeah. You know, I mean, we got a little grant at the beginning of the pandemic, which kept us going, and then. You know, just the right couple of things happened when things started to open up again, and there we're there. We're it's just I'm 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 shocked that we're still we're still going. You know. Yeah, that's great. But, uh, you know, we're, I mean, we put up five stories this week so far. I mean, you know, not bad. And is yeah. this uh, online or is it through? KM- no, it's, it's online. KMHD? No, KMHD has nothing to do with it. Oh, okay. On the other hand, I think I may have told you this. <laughs> I'm still playing uh, March fourth. Um, music on my radio show. Huh. Well, that's great. I appreciate guess it. Guess what I played a couple of weeks ago. I know you can guess. Which track? Yes. Oh. It was from your fifth anniversary um, CD at the Crystal. Oh, and it, was, it called, was it called March 4th Live or something? Yeah. Oh. I, well, of course the thing I played was Space Hole. Oh, geez. <laughs> That was off our first record. Everybody in, on Earth loves Space Hole who has ever heard it. It's a nifty tune. It was a great tune. We haven't played that song in a long time. I'm sure, but you know what? If you did, people would go nuts. Yeah. It's just a great song. I remember when uh, Pink Martini released a record about, I don't know, 15 years ago. They had us come in and play yeah. uh-huh. the riff from Space Hole that really? they, they included on one of their tunes. <laughs> Yeah. Did you write that? No, uh, Robin Jackson wrote that. Did he? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, we're but, actually thinking of having some alumni, putting together an alumni band for the anniversary you know, show that interfaces with the band. We'll see. That's a great idea. It's, yeah, there's more it, of them than there are us at this point. <laughs> uh, people would love that, would absolutely love that. You know? Yeah. But since they don't get to see you as much, and a lot of the people who who remember it was they, when you were everywhere here. 
mm-hmm. you know, Bef- before you were just on the road, you know, and only playing here once or twice a year, you know. Yeah, the good old days. Yeah, they were great. You know, it was a fun time. I remember one time you were playing at. The, I don't know what the deal was. It was a. It was a benefit for some or another, and you guys were at the at that at at uh, down uh, at the river, and dedicated a Charles Mingus tune to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was Goodbye Pork Pie Hat. Yeah, something yeah. like that, yeah. <laughs> I think it's the only Mingus tune we did. I learned a lot about bass when I had to learn that song. I bet. <laughs> yeah. It was, because, you know, we used to, now we have charts, you know. Yeah. Remember, yeah. We started using charts for the horns about eight years ago, and uh, <laughs> Benny Morrison, one of our original sax players, he came back into the fold to go on a couple of tours with us and he was like charts what band is this because you know, back in the day we would just learn everything by ear yeah and i remember when uh jason wells who I actually met at artichoke music <laughs> um years and years ago um he brought that song into the band really and he just played it and he played the head and i'm like oh yeah i got this so i'm just playing the root on the yeah, bass. Yeah. yeah i'm playing along and i was like well why don't you give me that track so i can just listen to what he's doing so oh. he just gives me the mingus track and i'm like He's not playing that at all on the bass. <laughs> He's and then it gave me this incredible appreciation for it. Yeah, you know, yeah, it makes the song yeah, that much cooler yeah, because yeah. he's not just playing what you think the root of the melody is. Uh-huh. He's playing these much lower notes, and in, I'm not a technical person when it comes to music. I, yeah. I can't describe it. But all I can say is yeah. really cool, <laughs> and so it was way more fun to play. Um, well, if you don't mind. Um, when we you know, going out on this, uh, if I'll, I'll if, if I play that that track from the fifth anniversary show, Space Hole, you mind? Oh, sure. It's a it's a dinosaur, <laughs> but you know I have no objections. You, you know, know it's, it's a dinosaur to you. Yeah. But there's lots of people who have never heard it, and it's a great song. Yeah, it's cool. It is really. <laughs> it's just interesting because that really is sort of it was one of our best tunes. Yeah, it was your signature. It was day. your signature tune. Yeah, it was back then. Back we were instrumental, and it was before we got guitar. Before yeah. we added congas. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the the new record we're making has got lots of vocals on it. Great. It's a, Who does the vocals? Um, myself, yeah. Anthony, Pablo. We have other uh-huh. people singing on it Great. as well. Good. Yeah. Terrific. Terrific. All right. Well, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. I do too. Happy anniversary. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. Come on down to the crystal. Yeah. See that band you may have heard about (laughs) way back when sometime. (laughs) We're from Portland. (laughs) And as we like to, as we like to say, when we close these things, that's entertainment. (laughs) 